I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Thursday, June 18, 2020, we're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Well, all in all, we have to put things in perspective. The S&P cash index finished up $1.85. So all in all, the market didn't do anything today. It had a relatively tight range, went up a little, went down a little, went back up a little. But all in all, the market didn't go anywhere today. It stayed in a very narrow and also somewhat predictable range. We'll get to that when we get to inside the numbers. What's the first thing or first and second thing that jumps out at me on the daily chart? What jumps off the page? Well, I can't help but notice on the daily chart more of this. So we have that big up move from the reversal on Monday. And now we've basically just been building a bullish flaggish type of pattern situation. Now, could it have another day or two of downward activity and then pop up? Absolutely. We don't know that it will or it won't, but that's what's in development at present. Keeping in mind what's down below, they never did fill the gap. 30705 was the number. So they never went down there during the regular hour session. However, what about the thieves in the night? What you're looking at here is the S&P E-mini futures contract, which includes the overnight data. So here, is it data or data? I think it's data. Anyway, here, almost around midnight, you'll see the low at 30.65. Now, we know that the SPY didn't trade down there during the regular hours, 9.30 to 4, but what's the corresponding level? What's the corresponding SPY price to 30.65? Well, it's close, but it's certainly not a cigar. It's actually 307, give or take 85, maybe 90 in that camp. So why do I bring that up? The point that I want to make, the point that I want to emphasize is that they made an attempt yet again in the heat of the night. The thieves in the night, in the dark of the night, made an attempt down in that general area and they couldn't even get low enough to the corresponding level that would have essentially filled the gap in the SPY. Is that important? Is it not important? It's not really important. It's just I look at everything under the sun And not only do I interpret what the market's doing, what it did overnight, but also maybe in a weird sort of way, what wasn't the market doing? What was it not able to do? And does that give us some information that we can use on the flip side? Maybe. Let's go down to another time frame and let's talk further about what the S&P is actually doing. Here we have a 240-minute chart. By the way, we'll get to the 312.15 in a moment. On this chart, however, I can't help but notice we have the big up move from the move higher Monday, and now it's the same consolidation slash bullish flaggish pattern type of deal that it was on the daily chart. It's just a little bit different looking because there's more candles. It's a 240-minute chart. But you know that this one will normally result in a move upward. We've been talking about the gap that comes in at 319. Call it 319, 320, give or take. Now, the S&P is actually 
begun to form a channel that creates this flag. So could they go down to the bottom end again and still result in a move higher? Of course, that's the same as when we looked at the daily chart and said, hey, can they still come down farther? Can they come down to fill the gap and still maintain this same pattern? And the answer is yes, they can. So they've been trading now in a channel. And here's what we'll say about it. Until and unless they go get the gap and begin closing hourly and then daily below that gap around 307, then this is a bullish channel that will likely break to the upside. Here's another one for you, and this is really the main reason why I brought up the 240-minute chart. The folks that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader from a perspective of time is more important than price, and we know that time is a big component of that course. It's basically the foundation, one of the foundations of how the market works. Well, when you look at that and you think about time and you look at the chart and you say, well, time is on the side of the 240-minute chart. It's on time, so we'll see what happens in the first candle Friday morning. Here's another look. Let's talk about the 120-minute chart, and here's where we'll weave in 312.15. So we know it's important. If you're not sold on why that's important yet, you're probably not sellable. But for the purposes of this conversation, and since it's my show, we're going to use 312.15 as the pivot. So now we're below 312.15. Back to the daily chart for a moment. Remember the close yesterday. The close yesterday was 311.66. They had an opportunity to close above 312.15. They chose to close below 312.15. That's generally some kind of a hint in the downward or southern direction. And today, what did they do? They spent the day below 312.15. What was the high of day today and the high of this candle? This is a two-hour candle, 120 minute, but the high is 312.30. And they never were able to close back above 312.15. In this candle, the high is 312.07. And then at the end of the day, the high was on the button 312 right into the closing bell. Here's a five-minute chart. You can see them make a run for 312.15 coming up short. They ended up at 312 But you can see what happened in the last few minutes of the day. They made an attempt. So how do we read that? Let's read the tape for a second. Do you read it? Hey, they made a run for 312.15. They're going to jump over it in the morning and keep going. That's possible when you look at the longer term charts, right? The daily chart, the 240, the 120, and even the 60 minute, which we'll get to in a moment. They have that bullish pattern working. But they stayed below 312.15 Is that going to be a special from the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew? Are they planning a special pull the rug out, open the trap door ceremony? We don't know for sure. But when you take the long view, when you play long ball, it's an awareness. You recognize, sure, they could come down a little bit, fill the gap. But what are the odds they collapse versus having the current pattern play out? Maybe they come a little bit lower. Maybe they don't. Maybe they just go right up from here. What they are, are poised to go fill the gap at 319, 320. Now, where does that go bad? Where do I look like a schmuck? Closing hourly below 307 and trending lower towards the lows from the Monday reversal. That's this candle here. The low was all the way down at 296, 
74, which is a long way from 307. Nevertheless, I look like a schmo if they start closing hourly below 307. If the schmuck shirt is in the laundry, I've got to wear the hat if that takes place. Inside the numbers, we're going to take a quick gander at the pre-market notes and then the commentary. You can see stocks on the move here was quite simple. Only one hit their price objective or target. It was Sono. The rest of them were basically bought up at the open. couple came close, but they bought the market up at the open. And when that happens, it's a rising tide lifts all boats scenario. They bought up the stocks and a few missed by a little bit. And that's just the way the cookie crumbles. Let's go over the commentary. I'll scroll up and there's really only a couple of things that I need to point out. It's 311 and 310. 312.15 we already know about. Those are the three numbers that were basically on the board today. The market is going to either stay above 311 or get below 311. If it gets below, it's going to find support at 310. 1001 post, there'll be some natural support around SPY 310 if reached before the low of day. Let me set the table. Everything to the right of the vertical line is today's activity. SPY 5-minute chart, 311, 310, 312.15 we already know about. That was your intraday range. Below you go to one, above you go to the other, and that's just the way the market works, especially when you're in a tight range, just trading back and forth, and that's what we were in. The dip below, right at the opening bell, that didn't count. The 1001 post was long after that. What we're saying is, if the market comes back down, you'll find some natural support around 310. If you maintain price above 311, closing candles, short-term hourly candles above 311, you'll head towards 312.15. Doesn't mean they'll get there. It means you'll head toward 312.15. So how do we interpret that? How's that part reading the tape? Here it is. If you can't get there, if we know a number's important and they can't get there, they come up short, that's weakness. They're going to come back down. You have to look at it like this. Over here, when the high was 311.98, they're 17 cents short. Don't tell me that they couldn't get there. No, what it tells me when you're reading the tape is they didn't want to get there. Let's continue scrolling up so that you can pause the video, read the notes at your convenience, and then what I urge you to do is read the notes, go back to the charts, do the same thing you just saw on my chart, do it on your own chart, read the notes and say, hey, is this valuable? Is there any value to this information? Now, granted, today the market was quiet. It was just going back and forth in a tight range, relatively speaking. It was playing ping pong. There's not a lot you can do unless you're willing to trade the range playing ping pong. That's for some traders, not for others. It's for traders that want to take a scalp trade. They're happy with two, three, four points in the ES, or they're happy with a quick in and out situation. And like I always say, with a combination of stocks on the move and the intraday commentary, there's something for everybody inside the numbers. It just depends on what you're looking for. There's plenty of traders that see it's a quiet day. They're not interested in getting worn out. And by the way, that brings up another conversation. So there's the rest of the notes. You see everything that was on the board. It just wasn't a ripe day for trading. But there's always a takeaway from the market. So now that we're back on the five-minute chart, I said the word worn out. 
So what's actually happening here when the market is essentially, quote unquote, consolidating, building energy for another move higher, likely higher. If they break down, that's another thing, right? We know the story. 307 would be the line in the sand. But what they're doing while they're going back and forth, eating time off the clock, is they're also wearing traders out. Traders are giving up along the way. And not just in one direction or another. Let's use the hourly chart for this part of the conversation. So what's going on here is you have a move up. You suck in a lot of traders that think it's going to keep going. The Johnny-come-latelys, the momentum guys, the hop-on-board guys... We'll leave the girls out of this. They don't do that, right? They don't chase the market. And then what happens is they just come down and they start going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So what's actually happening when they're going back and forth is you have traders that hop on the short side on the way down. Then they get caught with their pants down. They get a little bit of a pie in the face as the market goes back up. They give up. They throw in the towel. Same traders a lot of times will hop on the long side and do what? End up getting their pants pulled down again. That's what happens in a chop shop. That's what's going on here. It's a chop shop formation. And think about it for a second. The chop shop formation is essentially a bull flag pattern in the making. Now, it could certainly continue to do this, right? There's nothing wrong with this. If the market did this, it's still building energy to eventually break out of this channel to the upside. Now, in the midst of doing all that, it chops both traders out. The long side traders, the short side traders, it's called whipsaw. Back to the five-minute chart. What is this? What is the market doing here? What it's doing here is it's putting all the traders in a grinder. It's grinding them up and spitting them out. And then guess what happens from there? Once Mrs. Market eliminates all the traders getting chopped around, it finally makes the move, fills the gap up at 319, 320. Tomorrow, Monday, Tuesday, it could happen. Do we know that's going to happen? No, we don't. But if you see the market begin to push above, 312.15, what do you think is going to happen? Now, there are gateways in between, and it has to clear certain hurdles, and we get to those inside the numbers, but if you see the market pushing through 312.15, what do you think it's trying to do? What's going on down at Camp IWM? Same routine. In fact, I'll show you something pretty cool in the IWM. That's a pretty tight-knit trend line going right there, and that's not really all we have. So if I take away this trend line for visual purposes, look what we have here. We have the up move from the first candle of the day today and a basically consolidation, bullish, flaggish pattern, building energy to do what? Make another move to the upside and that would essentially break this trend line that we just saw. So we've got something going on here that looks like this inside of the larger one that looks like this moving down. So I'm just showing you the way I look at charts. All I can do is identify what's important to me. As soon as the chart populates on the screen, I visualize, I zero in on what my eye is drawn to. That's the most important thing on the screen. It's kind of first impression, best impression type of scenario. Now, if all that stuff fails, so be it. But this is what I see. That's what my eye is drawn to. Therefore, that's what the IWM 
is telling me. Do we see anything different down at the transportation department? Not really. All the charts pretty much look identical. They don't all look identical to the penny or to the tick, but in concept, they're all telling us the same information. Here's your hourly channel development. Same basic trend line situation. It doesn't look the same as the IWM. It's not identical. They're not all connected dot to dot to dot, but it's the same concept. You have a channel. So you can continue to do this a little bit. That's fine. But once you break the top end of that channel, that should be the fuel that's needed for the next leg higher if one so exists. The flip side of this is you have to be careful because it's downtrending on this hourly chart. You're below these three moving averages, which is essentially putting downward pressure on price. As time goes forward, the longer you stay underneath those moving averages, the more they tend to push price downward. It also creates the energy that's being built. And here's what I mean. So you have an up move and you are consolidating downward eating time off the clock, building energy for the next move higher. But underneath these moving averages, you have to be careful. Eventually, you could snap the rubber band and they could break down and it really breaks the spirit of the bullish flaggish pattern that's in development. Keep in mind, you signed up to be inside my head by watching the video. It's a dangerous place to be. How I look at and view markets, how I look at and view charts may be unorthodox to some, may be a little weird to others. In fact, some of you may think I have three heads, or at least that's the way you would look at me. I'm fully aware of all that, but you know for the most part what you get when you show up to watch these videos. What do we have with Q cubed, the Silicon Valley crew? They were up today, 49 cents. Anything wrong with the Qs? Absolutely not. You know the routine, they're above all the moving averages, All they're doing is trying to build enough energy, and they probably need more time to do this, but they're trying to build some energy to make new highs yet again. Here's how we know that's likely the case. So they made a high, and then they sold off. They basically recocked the gun, they had a nice move back upward, and now all they're doing is going sideways, eating time off the clock to do what? to build energy, to challenge the old highs once again, and likely go higher. That's what they're doing at present. A breakdown is a different story. You don't want them closing hourly and then certainly daily below, let's say, 238. The 20-period moving average is below 238, but 238 would be this trader's line in the sand on the Qs for any short-term upside or northern direction momentum. Did the financial sector provide any useful information today? No, it didn't. It could have, if they were nice folks, if they wanted to project some bullish behavior, they could have closed above the convergence of the 120 period moving average. But that's not the way the market works. Their job is to keep you guessing. But it's pretty simple. Until and unless they're back above the convergence of those moving averages, and we'll call it 2420 for argument's sake, which would put you above the 20 period moving average, but they really need to get above 2420 on hourly closes to get anything going. If they did, it would likely be a rising tide scenario across all the markets. We know the routine. If without the financials, the market is unlikely to get very far in either direction. What about Smash Mouth? 
What are they doing? Well, they were flat today. 21 cents is flat. It's a rounding error. They're doing the same thing the Qs are doing. They had the recocking of the gun. They went back up. They're not at new highs. They want to challenge the highs. They're eating time off the clock. The Bulls don't want to see Smash Mouth back down at 147. That would not be positive for the Bulls. That would be positive for the Bear case. The tape was quiet today. The market was rather quiet. We got what we got. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, without you, these videos are not possible. True, accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here. It's everything that I really needed to and wanted to discuss. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.